Grace and peace to you in the name of our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Welcome this September Sunday morning to College Mennonite Church worship. We are glad for all that are joining together via radio, telecast, live stream, and also for all of those gathered here in this space. Whether you are thirsting for God's presence and guidance or you are filled with joy, whether you are content at heart or troubled in spirit, you are welcome. I invite you to join with me in the call to worship printed in the order of service. Seek God and you will live. Busca a Dios y vivirás. Seek the one who makes the seven stars in Orion, who turns the shadow of death into morning and makes the dark, the day dark with night, who calls the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the face of the earth. Dios es su nombre. Please turn in your blue hymnals to number 72, When All Thy Mercies, and please stand if you're able. same book. (coughs) 
Scripture encourages us to pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. And so we join together in prayer, lifting one another, our community, and our world into God's care. In particular today, we lift up the families of Don Reber and Rosemary Fry as their families will be celebrating their lives in respective memorial services this coming Saturday. We also remember Lee and Betty Hostetler and their extended family as they grieve the loss of three children of their niece who died in a buggy and car-related accident in Michigan. A fourth child was seriously injured. Please join with me in praying for these family and other concerns. God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, we come before you this day with thanksgiving and trust, thankful for your presence and trusting that you are at work in our lives and in this troubled world. We bring to you both joys and concerns, trusting in your abundant love. God, we come to you with gratitude for so many in our church community that serve in leadership positions to help keep the work of the church steady and strong. Thank you for your spirit's work in guiding outgoing commission members as they served and nudging new people who are serving and strengthening those who continue in their roles. Keep empowering us all, God, in the places of the church and community where we serve in your name and by your spirit's leading. God, we also pray for those needing special care who are healing and seeking comfort of their bodies. We pray for courage and strength. We remember Caleb Ganawan and his family as they're in New York City for treatment. We pray a special sense of calm and your loving embrace as Caleb undergoes tests and scans and as they await results. We pray for Elaine Schrock, Liz Jacobs, Jeanette Yoder, Marie Clements, Merle Nofsiger, and others who seek your healing touch. God, you know the many in our midst mentioned by name or held silently that are dealing with health issues, those who are recovering from surgery. We are grateful that you know and are present with each one. In all these situations and more, offer strength, grow courage, 
calm fears and make yourself known with great love. For those facing challenges in daily living for other reasons, such as job transition, tense relationships, financial strain, depression or anxiety, we pray once more for courage and strength. God, in all these situations and more, grow courage, calm fears, and make yourself known with great love. For those who grieve new or long-standing losses, bring your courage and strength. We lift to you the families of Don Reber, Rosemary Fry, and Lee Hostetler's extended family. Bring the deep and abiding comfort that only you can bring. Help each one carrying the memory of loved ones forward to feel the love of the remembered one remaining with them. We pray for others who are grieving loved ones, whether they are grieving the loss of this earthly life or grieving loss of memory or mobility or independence. Grow courage, calm fears, and make yourself known with great love. We remember those in Texas that are facing the effects of severe flooding once again. Guide those seeking to care for family homes, businesses, and schools with your wisdom. We are mindful of people suffering throughout the world due to many forms of natural disaster. And God, we groan along with your creation. Empower us to act for the care of your creation and for the protection and care of all of Earth's inhabitants. We give you thanks for the courage of many young people that are speaking truth to power regarding climate change. Grant them even more courage, even more wisdom, and even more strength. Open our ears, our hearts, and our wills to listen. Embolden us to act for the goodness of all with the guidance of your Holy Spirit. God, in all these situations and more, Offer strength, grow courage, calm fears, and make yourself known with great love. We pray all of this together in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to turn in your green, sing the journey to number 27. We will sing the heart song, God of the Bible. We will sing verses 1 and 2. Children, you are invited to come forward to the circle.
Good morning. I've got some friends up here with me, and I wonder if you can figure out what almost all of them have in common with each other. Do you know? You don't know. Anyone? Yeah. What do you think? Yes, almost all of them are first graders. Now, two of you are not first graders, right? Yeah. We have two who are not first graders with us, and I'll tell you why in just a second. So this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year when we give new, well, we give a gift. I wonder if you'll be able to guess what it is. Bibles to our first graders. And we have two second graders who weren't here with us last year when we did this, James and Emmy. So we invited them to join us this year. So there's James, and here's Emmy. And then we also have Violet, and Jasmine, and Zeph, and Cora, and, uh, sorry, Ryan, and Parker. Just saw little blonde heads, had to see faces there. Well, most of us start our reading skills before we're in first grade. So we even start those when we're babies and our parents read to us. That's part of those skills. But reading really kind of takes off in around first grade-ish. We all kind of learn to read at different times, but we thought, well, first grade is a good time to kind of mark that and say, we are excited about this new skill. And, you know, learning to read is kind of a game changer for us and for our families. So here in church, being able to read makes it a little easier to participate in some of the things in worship. So like, When there are words to a song, it's easier to read those and sing along. Or you can say the call to worship with everybody. Um, Things like that are just a little bit easier when when we are able to read. And they help us to participate in a new way. Also, when we learn how to read, we can help with some other things at home. So how many of you have ever read to a younger sibling or a younger child? Has anyone ever done that? Quite a few of you have. That is actually really, really helpful. (laughs) Um, And there are a lot of things like that that you can kind of start to do to, to help in your family and in other places too. You also can entertain yourselves. And that's pretty great. You can read to yourself. Well, today we want to celebrate with our first graders and I think you probably already know what might be in here. Do you think you might already kind of know? You know? It's a Bible. Well, go ahead and unwrap it and see if you're right. Here you go, Jasmine. There's yours. You knew it? I did see it. It is a Bible. It's, it, yes, mo- many of you um, have gotten these before, and it's the same kind of Bible, but it, it, they keep changing the way that it looks on the outside, and so it might look a little different from an older sibling or someone else at the church. Now, this Bible okay. is a gift from God. Now, if you ever want to see, um, if you ever want to see Phil get a little teary-eyed, ask him how special the Bible is. That's something that, that he can really get talking to you about. This Bible is very precious. It's a gift from God. And it's full of God's good news. So it's something we read carefully and we treat really carefully. And if you, have a, if you found your bookmark, that's great. Keep it open to where you found that bookmark, okay? 
Um, so, and these bookmarks are actually from, these are made by um, Mennonite women, and they gave these to you as gifts. Now, this Bible is a little different from like the Shine On Story Bible that we share with families in our church because this one's a little more like the ones your, your parents might have. It is, it's broken down into books and chapters and verses, and it's filled with some things that read like, it's filled with some things that read like stories, and some things are more like poetry. Some things are like lists. And... It's interesting. Some of it's kind of funny. Some of it's a little confusing. All of it is God's precious gift. And all of it is good news that will help us along our way in life. Now you have, where you opened it with that bookmark, you have something highlighted. Do you see something that's yellow on the page? This is something we are all going to try reading together, okay? So open it to that page, and we're going to try all nine of us here reading this together. This is Psalm 119, verse 105. Can you look at your Bibles, and let's try to read this together? Here we go. With me. Your word is a lamp before my feet and a light for my journey. Thank you all. So this is a light for your journey. And that kind of means it's something that shows us the way as we go through life. Now, a lot of people in this room probably have some scripture passages that have helped to light their way, to show them their way as they go through life. And so after worship, all of you get to sit for for a little bit, because we do want you to get to Sunday school. But you get to sit at a table down the hallway, and we're going to have you sit there with your Bibles and ask people in the congregation to come and highlight a verse that has been important in their spiritual journey. And if they have time, they can even write their name beside it. Because one thing that's really cool is that as you keep reading your Bibles, you'll get to every once in a while be reading along and say, what? That's Ron Kennell's favorite verse? Because he highlighted it and put his name by it. And other people in the congregation, too, of course. So that is something that everyone will get to participate in with you after worship. And we'll keep the Bibles there even after they've gone to Sunday school so that you can continue to to highlight those Bibles for them. Well, children, we are all very glad that you are part of our church family And we are excited about the many ways you will keep being part of the life of this church. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful for your words to us. We're grateful for the gift of the Bible, your good news. We know that you are right here with James and Emmy and Jasmine and Violet and Cora and Zeph and Parker and Ryan and Marcella and Patience, who aren't here with us today, as they begin to read their Bible and to learn more about your love and care for them and for all of the world. Thank you, God, for the gift of families and of church families where we can read your word and grow together. May your words be the light for these children's paths throughout their whole lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may get your worship bags and go back to your seats. 
The Greens sing the Journey Book, the same song we were singing before, 27. We will sing verses 3, 4, and 5. <clears throat> This morning, Daniel Yoder, a member of our pastoral team, will be sharing our scripture and sermon and taking us to a happy place. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you for Daniel and his faithfulness in study and prayer and reflection. Help us to hear what you would have us to receive today from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, and for those of you who just got a Bible today, turn to the very middle, to Psalms, the book of Psalms, and we are going to be reading Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, my soul longs, indeed it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at the altars 
O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Happy are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. The word of the Lord. What is the happiest place on earth that you can think of? Where is that? Disneyland claims that it is the happiest place on earth. According to a 2009 UN uh, survey, Finland is the happiest country in the world, followed by Denmark, Norway, Iceland, and then the Netherlands to round out the top five. McDonald's has been putting happiness in a box for kids for 40 years. And since 2017, there has been a traveling exhibit called The Happy Place, which has been offering backdrops and experiences that make it the most Instagrammable place in the world. But for you, when you are stressed, when you are tired, when you are overwhelmed, where do you go? How many of you have kind of a mental happy place that you go to in some way? A place in your mind, a place to calm yourself, a place of retreat, a place to get focused and feel better, a place where you know that all is right in the world. We have places, memories that we like to go to that give us joy, that give us a sense of purpose, that give us a sense of connection. And your happy place will be different than mine, and we probably all have multiple happy places when we think of it. It's a place of good memories spent with people we love. Maybe there's a particular smell, like fresh baked bread, that might be your happy place. Maybe getting a shiny new toy or a tool or a piece of technology might bring you to your happy place. Maybe there's a particular sound, like hearing a bird or the ringtone on your phone or maybe the, the scratching of a record player right before your favorite song plays. Memory, sound, taste, nostalgia, scenery, creativity, special moments of life, beauty in creation, 
All of these help to create our happy place, create a special place for us, a place where we're calm and relaxed and all feels right with the world. So take a moment, close your eyes, and if you haven't thought of that place, think of it and center yourself in whatever moment or memory or place is a sense of happiness for you. And you are welcome to stay there as long as you'd like, but I'm going to continue on with the sermon. Today, as a denomination, as Mennonite Church USA, we are celebrating Peace Sunday. And as a congregation, we typically celebrate that around July 4, but we can never talk too much about peace. So today I want to tell a story of peace. But another unique thing about today is that today is a feast day for a saint, for our Catholic and Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters. Now we don't venerate people as saints like these groups do, but there is still a lot that we can learn from Christians of the past and how they have followed God and looking into their lives and the ways that they lived out their faith in extraordinary ways. So today is the feast day for Saint Focus. And I want you to know the story of Saint Focus because of the way that his faith in God led him to a life of peace and love and hospitality, and also because of how he used his happy place. So Focus lived in the city of Sinope, which is on the southern shore of the Black Sea. And he lived there in the late 200s, so third century. He had a small garden, he lived really modestly, and he sold what he grew to support himself. But he was also known for being very hospitable and generous to anyone in need. If you were hungry in, his, in the town of Sinope, well, go see Focus, and he would feed you out of his garden. If you needed a place to stay for the night, go see Focus. He would open his home to you. He lived out of a very deep love for others and for creation and for everyone around him. And people noticed. The way that he lived earned him the respect of people who did not follow God. And over time, people began to trust in God because of how Focus lived out his Christian faith. Well, this began to get the notice of the Roman emperor of the region and he saw that Focus was spreading the message of Jesus Christ through the way that he lived. And this was too much for the governor. So he sent soldiers to find Focus and to kill him. When the soldiers entered the town, Focus did what he had always done. He offered them hospitality. He asked them why they were there and the soldiers told him, well, we have orders to come to this town and find a man named Focus and kill him. Now, I want to pause for a second. Put yourself in Focus's shoes. When you're faced with adversity, when you're faced with danger, when you're in an uncertain situation, what do you do? 
our human nature gives us the fight or flight options to stand up for yourself, to go down swinging, or to run for the hills. So for focus, in this very life-defining moment, he didn't change his approach to these men. He could see they were tired, that they were hungry, that they needed a place to stay for the night. So focus took care of them. He said, come on in, let me take care of you. You've had a long day of travel. I know the guy named Focus, but it's too late in the evening. So come on in, get something to eat, have a good night of rest. And in the morning, I'll take you to Focus. The soldiers agreed, and that's what happened. Focus cooked, prepared a meal, fed them, gave them a nice place to sleep for the night. And while they were asleep, Focus went outside and stole their horses and ran away. No, but you've seen that movie many times, where you get your enemy to trust you, and then you make your escape and get hours away before they realize it. But that's not what Focus did. That night, he went around town to the people that he knew needed help, and he distributed his earthly belongings to those in need. He put his affairs in order, and after he had done that, he went back home to his garden, and he got out his shovel, and he started digging, and he dug a grave. In the morning, when the soldiers woke up, Focus told them what had happened. But here's what I like about Focus. Focus had spent his time with God, with God's creation, and he had observed the natural course of life and death and decay and rebirth there in his garden. This garden had become a place of ministry for him. It had allowed him to share the love of God physically with those in his community with those who were hungry, with those who needed a place to sleep. The garden had fed him. It had given him life. It had given him purpose. It had given him meaning. It had given him deep joy through the hard work and the toil and the struggle that had happened on that particular piece of soil. The garden was his happy place. So, when he told the soldiers who he was, of course, they were shocked. We can't kill you. You've been hospitable to us. You've shown us kindness. We can't repay you this way. And Focus appreciated their willingness to disobey their orders. But he knew what that would have meant for them. To disobey orders for the soldiers was also death. And Focus didn't want that on his conscience. He insisted that they must indeed kill him. It was the only way out of this situation. But his last request was that they place him there in the garden, in that grave that he had dug. That particular piece of soil had given his body life, had given him a place to share God's love And now in death, his body could give life 
back to the soil. And that's the story of St. Focus, the gardener. In Psalm 84, I see this echo of a happy place. The psalmist is calling us to remember the goodness of God and to desire to go there. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, my heart cries out, my body sings for joy at the thought of being in God's place. God, the one who provides for us, the one who protects us. All I want to do is hang out with you, God. Happy are those who live in your house. Happy are those whose strength is in you. Happy is everyone who trusts in you. This is a happy place. But I think this psalm and the story of focus call us to fine-tune our thoughts and our approach to our happy place, to deepen our definition of what a happy place can be. Some of your Bibles, as we read through Psalm 84, might have said blessed instead of happy. And that's true. That is a very good translation of the Hebrew. That in this psalm, happiness goes beyond rainbows and unicorns and free cotton candy. The happiness here is more than easy victories and quick fixes and watching your social media post get a lot of likes and thumbs up. The happy place here is the place that Focus lived. His home, his garden, his livelihood, his way of living in his community were not meant only for his enjoyment. His home blessed others who didn't have a place to sleep. His garden blessed others who didn't have anything to eat. His job blessed others who weren't connected in the community. His reputation blessed others because in his reputation they saw Jesus. We see this new life coming about even in the psalm. The valley of Baca that is mentioned here could be referring to a valley of dryness. And even in this dry, barren place, as God's people travel through this valley, it changes from dryness to being filled with pools of blessing. The people of God transform the place into a place of blessing for everyone and everything that lives there. So do you have a blessed place? Do you have a blessed place like Focus did? A place of beauty where others can find peace or rest or whatever it is that they might need. A place where transformation has happened, where you gladly take the long view for the good of all. A place where it is your deep joy 
for others to join you in resting and relaxing into the security and love of God. A place that, much like focus, a place that you can offer your life with. That is a blessed place. Now, I don't want you to get rid of your happy places. Please keep those. Keep those for yourself. Even Jesus needed places to, to retreat to. But think of what is your blessed place and share your blessed place. If you can take others there, do it. If you can't, then tell the story of why is a particular place, a particular memory, a blessed place for you. If that place has given you life, then by all means, share it so that it can also give life to others. As a congregation, we like to sing, and over the past couple months, we've named many songs that speak to our hearts. But I think there's some of our heart songs that help us to understand this blessed place concept. So I invite us to sing one of these together. So please turn in your green Sing the Journey books to number 49, Rain Down. I believe this is a song that has been a happy place for our congregation, but a song that helps us to imagine beyond that to a blessed place.
I usually don't uh, introduce, we usually don't introduce people who are from our church who are sharing a God at work, but I wanted to introduce Bob Yoder. And uh, when, you, when you're dealing with Yoder names, you kind of have to specify, this is Pamela's Bob, not Dorothy's Bob. <laughs> the old fashioned way of doing things. Um, anyway, Bob, what I want to say is that Bob is moderator of Indiana Michigan Conference. How many of you knew that Bob Yoder was moderator of Indiana Michigan Conference? Most of you did not know that. And I wanted to highlight that uh, fact. Indiana Michigan Mennonite Conference is our regional conference, the regional Mennonite conference of Mennonite Church USA in which we participate. And I want to highlight the fact that we are beginning to participate uh, in, in new ways as a congregation. And it's exciting for me to see how that's happening. And it's also exciting for me to see what's happening in, in Indiana Michigan Conference. So the moderator of Indiana Michigan Mennonite Conference, Bob Yoder. Indiana Michigan Mennonite Conference, we are a community of congregations centered on Jesus, guided by the Holy Spirit, acting through grace, love, and peace, engaging the world that God loves. One of the reasons we are part of a conference is that we can do more than just individual congregations alone. And that's what we're about. As you know, we are in interesting times in this world. We're interesting times in our denomination, in our conference, in our congregation, in our community. So two years ago, as a community of congregations of nearly 50 congregations, we adopted a particular kind of a, a visioning statement called Renewing a Vision to help us orient ourselves in this time of interestingness, if you will. And um, there's a couple of hopes that we have out of that. One is that our congregations will strengthen relationships and knowledge of each other. A second one is that um, the conference, when we gather together as a community of congregations, will equip each other to help us engage the realities of our times. And finally, um, another hope is that as we participate in the life of the conference, that each congregation and each of us sitting in the pews will grow in our own capacity for God-centered worship, um, Christ-like love, and reaching out to our neighbors and listening to our neighbors in spirit-led witness and service. Those are some of the reasons why we are part of a conference. I want to thank you all on behalf of Indiana Michigan Conference for the many ways that College Mennonite Church has contributed to the life of the conference. And a couple of ways that I want to highlight that is that, as Phil said, I, as a member of this congregation, am currently moderator. Phil is on the ministry credentialing team. Uh, Kent Miller is on the leadership enhancement team. Addie Lehman is on the gifts development team. Marty Lehman is on our personnel committee. Becky Horst and Richard Kaufman are currently serving as um, search guides for when congregations are looking for pastors. Just by quick show of hands, how many of you have ever participated in some kind of volunteer capacity within one of the conference leadership teams or, or in any way? If you could just raise your hand over the life of time, whether overseer or coach. So there's a lot of life here, so thank you. Um, one of the ways that we work at sharing our stories about who we are as Indiana, Michigan, is we have a, a, a seven-minute uh, video that we just developed a couple of months ago that share more stories about what it means to be a part of this conference. 
And so um, we're going to see that video now um, that shares four particular stories of how the conference is empowering and helping people. For over 100 years, Indiana Michigan Mennonite Conference has sought to be faithful in following Jesus as a community of congregations. We feel called to articulate a vision for this time that emphasizes centering on Jesus in our lives as individuals, congregations, and as a conference. We seek to find ways to do together what we cannot do alone. In this video, we feature four of those ways spiritual practices, capital grants, search guides, and journey. Our vision encourages congregations to engage in a set of spiritual practices. Congregations learn from each other as they engage in different ways. Brian Bither of Shalom Mennonite Church reflects about that congregation's year-long introduction to spiritual practices. When we consider why spiritual practices uh, are important for us as a conference, um, the first thing that I would probably say is that we need to remember that they're not just important instrumentally as a means to something else, but they're important in and of themselves. Um, because ultimately, uh, spiritual practices are really concrete forms of worship. I thought that the time of practicing spiritual disciplines with the conference for me was very rich. Um, even at another layer um, beyond just a, practicing them as a congregation. Conference is really a unique place where we have an opportunity to gather with other groups of Christians and to worship together and practice disciplines together in a way that we don't have those same opportunities just as um, even an individual church. Some congregations rent space, others buy or build their facility. Indiana Michigan Mennonite Conference offers matching grants up to $50,000 to help with these capital expenses. The Marah Christian Church in Indianapolis, led by Pastor Chaki Kaimi, received a matching grant in 2017. Now, Indiana Michigan uh, Conference uh, helped us uh, uh, $50,000 uh, to uh, the loan uh, to work to the, for the down payment. Uh, this is uh, a very helpful uh, for us. The church is uh, very close to our community and we can worship uh, not only Sunday morning and we can worship on a Saturday night for special events for uh, youth and women. And uh, when we went to have a, a Bible study and some activity also, uh, we can use here. Indiana Michigan Mennonite Conference helps congregations in several ways when they are going through a pastoral transition. Search guides, like Suella Gerber and Bess and Will Fitzgerald, guide search committees through the pastoral search process. One of the one of the ways that people think about conference sometimes is it's the conference office or the people who are like officially being paid to do things on behalf of the conference churches. But conference really is the association of churches that 
come together for, the, for their common mission. If congregations were turned facing conference, slowly conference structure is changing so the congregations are, are facing each other and looking at each other and, and working with each other. And so this is a really practical um, way and a practical structure that has congregations facing each other and turning to each other. Um, now while a congregation doesn't say, I want you for my search guide, they still go through the, through the conference office, it's still, it's, it's, the, it's more of a mutual support. Maybe it's the future of Mennonite churches in Michigan is to be not, you know, 400 member churches with three staff people, but to be tough little churches that um, are sure of their faith and um, able to function in these rural places in a way that just really shines for Jesus. Journey is a three-year leadership development program that helps people test a call to ministry. Sean and Leandria Lang and Tyrone and Tantra Taylor all found Journey a good opportunity to grow as ministering people. Our weekend learning event that we had in, at the Amigo Center, uh, Brother Mike Brudley, he did this illustration of a mime and he had his face painted and he walked around with his heart and he began to tear the heart and hand it to each one of us. And that really impacted me uh, in a way of illustrating to us that this was the same way that Jesus, in leaving heaven, coming to earth, he began to tear his heart away from the Father so that he would be able to deliver. You know, you hear, we heard about uh, the Lord working with everybody, but when you see it actually being done, it's on a different level. So I love the diversity of uh, what Journey had brought to us. It opened up true doors that you can have this. The bond that we made together as a class, as a mentor and mentee, we opened up our homes, we opened up our hearts to one another. Um, we, we learned things from one another that probably couldn't learn from those learn for anywhere else unless it was for the journey experience. Go, go through the journey program. It, yes, it's a dedication for three years and um, time and commitment, and, but the experiences and the people you meet. We are also waiting for part two of the journey program. Amen. If it is such a thing. <laughs> Whenever we gather as a community of congregations, it is our hope that it is a time to share all that we have done in the name of Jesus, to encourage and equip one another. Whether it is spiritual practices, capital grants, search guides, or journey, we know that we are better able to serve our communities and the world when we connect with and commit to those who know and care whether we succeed. Indiana, Michigan and Mennonite Conference is a community of congregations centered on Jesus, guided by the Holy Spirit, acting in grace, love, and peace, engaging the world God loves. If you want to find out more about what we do, you can check out our website at im.mennonite.net. Thanks be to God for the ways that we 
share this life of faith with other brothers and sister congregations. It's time for us to give our tithes and our offerings to God, to share our gifts and our blessings with the work that God has and is doing around us. Today is the last Sunday for our collection of My Coins Count before the Michiana Mennonite Relief Sale this coming weekend. So bring all of your change up this morning. And while we bring that forward during the offertory, please sign and pass the friendship booklets that are at the end of your rows.
Let's pray. God, we thank you for life, for places of rest, places of renewal, places that make our hearts filled with joy. You are the source of blessing, and you invite us to blessed places so that we can share them with others. Take these financial blessings and use them. Take the blessing of our homes and use them. Take the blessing of our moments and use them. Out of gratitude for what you have done and what you will continue to do through us, we praise you with our lives, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We praise thee, O God, number 99 in the blue hymnal. First verse in English, then a verse in Spanish will be on the screen. Verse 2 and verse 5 in English. <clears throat> Just a reminder to visit the first graders to mark special verses in their Bibles down by the fellowship hall. And please, following the benediction, greet each other with peace and welcome. Now may the Lord Jesus bless your soul and strengthen your faith 
Let this hour of worship grow within you and bear fruit which will remain for life eternal. Amen.